Hola, and welcome to Spanish Answers, a podcast that gives you unas yabitas claves as you unlock your Spanish language adventure. I'm your host, Sarah, with Language Answers. And today, in episode 93, after falling off the face of the earth, okay, not quite, I am back. And today's episode will be a simpler one, as we're going to talk about various resources you can find for Spanish, among other languages, in my free language resource library. And we will also finally begin our cultural tip on Paraguay. So, let's begin! Just a quick note, this episode will be dealing with various resources, so there will be affiliate links to Amazon. What does this mean? In essence, at no extra charge to you, I receive a small commission if you choose to purchase the product using my link. So thank you if you do. I only recommend products this way that I have bought and or used myself uh, and have found to be useful. You can see my disclosure policy in the show notes, or at least the link to it. Anyways, on to our main episode. Guys... <laughs> I am, I am so sorry. I know I've been AWOL for about a month and I'll explain why, but this episode will be way more serious and we'll deal with difficult topics before we get into the more lighthearted topic of language resources. So I just want to give you a heads up before we begin so you can choose to skip this episode if you want. So what's been going on? Well, while October had its high points, it was also a bit rough. We had a dear family friend pass away, as well as citywide internet failures. Rumor has it that the internet was actually out across a huge area, including other states. I don't know if that's true, but I do know our local library had to close down early because of internet and phones being down. On top of that, there was the horrific massacre and atrocities committed against Israelis by Hamas, the shocking celebration of these actions by many, even here in America, and the terrible ethnic cleansing of Azerbaijan against the Armenians of, oh, I hope I don't butcher this, Nagorno-Karabakh. On top of that, I've been reading a book called Bloodlands, Europe Between Hitler and Stalin by Timothy, Timothy Snyder. And of course, I'll include a link to that in the show notes. Again, it's an Amazon affiliate link. It is a very well-done book. It's well-researched, well-written, etc. But it is extremely dark and difficult to get through. Snyder does a thorough job of recounting the atrocities committed by both Stalin and Hitler in Poland, Ukraine, Belarus, and other countries trapped between Russia and Germany, and even in their own countries, before, during, and after World War II. In fact, I feel like my high school barely scratched the surface of what went on in World War II, and it certainly didn't expose me to the full level of evil committed in the name of communism and Nazi National Socialism. The sheer number of atrocities is astounding, yet Snyder does a fantastic job of bringing up individual accounts to help the reader connect emotionally with the victims and grasps the horror of it all rather than it just remaining a statistical number, if you know what I mean. But that is also why this book is so hard to read. Guys, I have never been wrecked by a book until now. When the author started, when the author started the book, he opens with Ukraine's starvation. 
first from Stalin's collectivization of the farms, which of course ended disastrously, then his intentional starvation policies for that failure, and how it affected children and babies. And I had to stop reading and just weep. And that's how this book has been. I think, truly, I think everyone should read this book as it teaches important lessons about humanity's capacity for evil, the capriciousness of evil ideologies, aka communism and Nazism. And it also drives home the importance of the phrase never again for Jews and anti-Semitism. But I don't know that even a senior in high school is ready for this level of horror and heartbreak. So maybe it's a, a book that should be in college classes. I, I don't know. I think it needs to be read, but it definitely needs to be read by a person older than the teen years, I think. So with all of this going on, Obviously, it's been difficult to get back on track with my podcast. It's been much easier to focus on my work and home projects rather than try to figure out how to take everything I've been experiencing and learning and conscientiously make more episodes. I think, though, that I have figured out a way to start up again. So uh, I realize it's not a great excuse, but you do need to remember that this podcast is done (laughs) voluntarily and in my free time and at no expense to you. So it it doesn't always hit the top of my priority list. And when I was trying to process everything, it definitely fell to bottom of the list, which isn't good because uh, I have, you know, told you I will bring, you know, these episodes out. And so I should be bringing them out. So I am sorry that they've been delayed. I hope you can understand. But uh, that is what it is. Anyways, uh, like I said, I think I figured out a way to start up again. So today's episode will be a bit lighter after this in terms of content, and hopefully the next episode can delve more into grammar or vocabulary. So first, I want to discuss some of the changes I've made. Uh, I promise most of my podcasts will not be so heavy or promotional or even political. I try really hard to focus only on Spanish and Spanish cultural topics. But now that you understand what's been going on, here are some changes I've made. The first and foremost, I've added the Israeli and Armenian flags at the top of my website next to the Ukrainian heart and updated all of the links. The Armenian and Israeli flags link to Samaritan's Purse. If you've never heard of this organization, they are a Christian nonprofit that works to send medical help and emergency relief to countries around the world, as well as states impacted by natural disasters here in the U.S. in Jesus's name. They also do Operation Christmas Child, where you can pack and send a shoebox full of toys and gifts to poor and or desolate children around the world. Growing up, my family had a tradition of going to the Denver packaging plant and helping process shoeboxes after Thanksgiving. I love Operation Christmas Child and fully recommend getting involved with this program. Anyway, Samaritan's Purse is working to help Israelis affected by the terrorist attacks and Armenians displaced and or injured by Azerbaijan's military actions. The Ukrainian Heart now links to Pray Ukraine, a site that supports the Horizon Indie missionaries to that region. I wanted to change the link to an organization I knew personally and could trust. We have listened firsthand to Aaron and Dara Markey talk about their experiences at our church and have gotten to talk with them in person. Plus, 
These missionaries are living with and suffering with Ukrainians, so they know firsthand how best to help and support those affected by the war. And I can't think of anyone I would rather support in this area. I have also added a new Hebrew library to my free language resource library, and I've begun creating an Armenian one as well. And I'll definitely let you know when it's done. Because other than financial support and prayers, this is another tangible way for me to stand with and support the victims. And it can be a tangible way for other language learners to stand with them and support them too. I mean, who knows how God could use these language skills, right? So if you have other ways to help support and stand with Ukraine, Israel, and Armenia, please let me know. The second change is Estrella de Esperanza, so Star of Hope. I really need some more light in my life to combat all of the darkness going on in the world and in the literature I'm reading, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. So, at the end of every episode, I'm introducing a new section called Estrella de Esperanza. This will be either a Bible verse or an uplifting story of heroism. Either way, the entire section will be in Spanish. For the Bible verses, I'll be using the Reina Valera 1960 Spanish translation via BibleGateway.com since it is one of the most popular translations out there and because it uses the Textus Receptus. And if you'd like to learn more about it, check out the article I've included in the show notes by Joanne Hoyser-Honig. I, again, apologize since I'm sure I'm butchering that. And Maria Eugenia Corneau from the Calvin Institute of Christian Worship. So if you have a favorite Bible verse or have heard a great story of some heroic act, preferably from a Spanish-speaking country, then please send it my way. For now, I'm kind of leaning towards just going through the book of John with heroic stories, you know, thrown in here and there. All right, so let's actually talk about the Free Language Resource Library. For today's episode, I'm going to remind you about my Free Language Resource Library. It has various libraries full of suggested and often free, but sometimes not, resources for various languages. Right now, I have libraries for Spanish, French, American Sign Language, or ASL, Ukrainian, Hebrew, both modern and biblical, and English, which can be used to improve your native English or to learn it as a second language. I'm hoping to add libraries for Armenian, German, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Russian, Arabic, Icelandic, Italian, and even endangered languages like Sami, for example. If you have a language you'd really like to see, just let me know at contact at languageanswers.com. But for this episode, we're just going to go through the Spanish library resources. First is podcasts. There are many, many great Spanish learning podcasts out there. So these are, this is by no means an exhaustive list. It's just a list I put together. So let's first talk about Coffee Break Spanish. This is by Mark and Cara. It's for beginners. And it's obviously in English and Spanish. And I love this series. I use their German and Italian series to help myself and my husband navigate through Germany and Italy. Uh, It was so helpful. They're easy to listen to. They're fun. And I really recommend that you check them out. And they build on each other. So I don't I, I wouldn't skip ahead if I were you. I would start at the first episode and then work your way up. But they do focus on natural conversations and, you know, phrases and things that you'll need to know in your day-to-day life. There's also Lightspeed Spanish by Gordon Smith and Cynthia Duran. The level for this, would I would say, is beginner to advanced, and it's obviously in English and Spanish. 
And they have a series really for every level from beginner to advanced. And I've used this podcast and their YouTube series for help when researching some tricky grammatical questions. So and I found them helpful. There's also Doorway to Mexico by Paulina. I would say this is for intermediate to advanced. So it's, you know, in English and Spanish, but the creator, Paulina, works with the Baxter family in creating authentic Spanish speaking scenarios that uses that use real everyday speech. It's basically like listening to a fun radio program followed by an educational discussion. Really liked that podcast. There's Cuentos Infantiles con la Tia Botas. And this is, I would say, advanced in the sense that I always recommend you know what you are letting your children listen to. So you really need to be able to understand what that Tia Botas is saying. And the episodes I've listened to have been great. I wouldn't have any issue with my children listening to them so far. But in this day and age, I always like to know what is being said. So if you're not in a level where you can make sure these are okay, I wouldn't recommend listening to them just yet. But if you are, if you're in an advanced level and you want to share this with your children, it is a good resource there. There's Un Paseo por Shanghai, which unfortunately I don't think is being updated anymore, but it's by Mark Milian. And again, this is also advanced. It's only in Spanish and it's a, it was, if you want to, it's still there. So you can still listen to the podcast, but basically the Spaniard just takes you around Shanghai, China and explores the country and its culture in Castilian Spanish. It's awesome. I believe it, it kind of stopped after the pandemic. So I don't know if he'll be producing anymore. I can only hope. Then there's Leemos, which is by Planeta de Libros. And the level here is also advanced. But if you are a book nerd, this completely in Spanish podcast is a great start for you because it's all about books. There's El Palabrero by RTV. And this also is advanced as this Spanish podcast focuses on the origins of words. So if that interests you, definitely check it out. And finally, if you're just looking for a daily radio program, there is Buenos Dias, Javi y Mar. And it's by Cadena 100. It's also advanced, completely in Spanish, but it is an actual radio program from Spain. So it's generally upbeat and fun, and you'll learn a lot of common everyday expressions. Now, if I add any more podcasts to this list, because uh, now that I'm reading it, I don't have a ton of like intermediate on there, just Doorway to Mexico. Uh, Lights to be Spanish, I guess, too, because they've got that. But I do think I need some beginner and intermediate ones. Uh, I will definitely put them on there. And as I am beginning to search for more podcasts that are advanced, right, I want to find more podcasts on topics that I find interesting, completely in Spanish. So as I go about finding those, I will, of course, put them in there and let you know. Now, I'm not going to go through my entire book section because let me tell you, there are a lot. I am an avid reader. So there are quite a few books, both for adults and for children. But I will highlight some of the ones that I definitely love and recommend. So there is the Gramatica para las Composiciones. This book has helped me so much in writing this blog. Uh, often if there's a tricky grammatical thing that I need to write about and just want to check myself on, that is a great guide for me. There's also the 
Streetwise Spanish Survival Guide, and that one's fun. It focuses mainly on Mexican Spanish, but it's great for learning idioms, sayings, slang, etc. And it also provides cultural insights and explanations for tricky Spanish words like false cognates. Now, if you're looking for some cartoons, because who doesn't love reading cartoons? There are two that I really enjoy. There's Macanudo by Liniers, and there's Mafalda by Kino. So Mafalda is... An older strip, kind of think of like a, it's like an Argentinian version of Calvin and Hobbes, but it's about this little girl named Mafalda and just her daily adventures. And it is so charming. I love it. Then uh, going back to Macanudo, this is also one of my favorite comics. It's, again, both of these are completely in Spanish. I mean, I don't even know how to, how to describe Macanudo. It's just different sketches and the art is fun the dialogue is just engaging. It's a very engaging comic. And then, of course, when it comes to children's books and children's music, I really, really love Go Go Lingo. It's got songs in Spanish and English. It's great for kids. There's also the singers Tatiana and Patty Lou. Those are fun. Any, any Osborne books you can get in Spanish, highly recommend because they're such great books, even in English. Then there is the Complete Illustrated Children's Bible. You can get it in English or you can get it in Spanish. And this is a beautiful children's book. I'm talking gorgeous. Just every page is a full work of art. Unfortunately, as we quickly learned, it is just a little too advanced for a baby, a toddler. And so we got the Beginner's Bible, the bilingual version, La Biblia para Principiantes, and it's by Zondervan and... This one is great. My husband grew up with this Bible actually in English, and I love having the English and Spanish together so that both of us can read it, but it's definitely at an easier level. My daughter, you know, she's a toddler still, so she understands these stories better than she does the complete illustrated children's Bible. But as she gets older, we will switch to the complete illustrated children's Bible because it is just so gorgeous. Um, And it's well-written. Both Bibles handle really difficult subjects for children in a really thoughtful manner, which I appreciate. Let's see, there's also so many other books on here. If you're looking for nursery rhymes, right, or just traditional songs, Arroro Mi Niño is fantastic, as is Pio Peep. You know, I've got lists of books like We're Going on a Bear Hunt, right? But they've got that in Spanish or Madeline or the like newer books like Chica Chica Boom Boom or Who Ate My Fruit, right? Quien se comió mi fruta? Or even like if you take a mouse to the theater, things like that. There's just so many books. There's Elephant and Piggy. There's The World of Vamos. There's also We All Went on Safari, but they have a Spanish version, which means that you've got Spanish and Swahili in that book, which is so much fun. Just so much fun. Anyways, like I said, I won't go over all the books because I love books and I included way too many in there. There's also a lot of video resources, so video channels mainly, obviously. Actually, I think all of them are probably on YouTube. So there's the Real Fast Spanish, which we've talked about, and obviously there's the Learn Spanish with Spanish Pod 101. I mean, the Language Pod 101 group has a channel for every language. There's also Easy Spanish, Learn Spanish from the Streets. This is by the Easy Language people, and they are fantastic. I love their videos. I just got done watching one 
uh, a few actually of their French ones. And I had forgotten how great they are, but they basically take to the streets and give you real daily language content. But then they also include subtitles so that if you are like me and, you know, my French isn't super advanced, then you can understand what's going on and you can watch it again and listen to the words. And it's just it's great. I highly recommend them. There is the Spanish After Hours, which is a vlog by Laura. And Spain's Got Talent. Yeah, who knew you could watch that on YouTube? Who doesn't want to, you know, watch dancing music and people succeeding or failing spectacularly? So, recommend that show. There's Linguistica Latin Griego by Francisco Javier Álvarez Comesaña. And that one has Spanish, Latin, and Greek. And basically, it delves into why words mean what they mean. His blog is definitely more academic, but fun. There's Andy GM in Berlin. I don't know if she's still in Berlin, but it's another vlog, and this one is in Spanish and German. So super interesting. There's Mis Pastelitos, which is by Gris, and she does basically a bunch of different cooking things in Spanish for children. I love watching Mis Pastelitos. I don't think I've ever watched a single episode and been sad about it. She's a... She's great. I definitely am hoping to have my daughter watch her when she gets older, and then maybe we can try cooking some of her things. And then finally, there's Cocinando Korea by Yuna Kim, and she is a Korean mother living with her family in Mexico. So you can learn how to cook awesome Korean and Mexican food while practicing your Spanish. And I think this one actually might be my current favorite Spanish YouTube channel. I've definitely tried making some of the ones that she highlighted. And finally, I have a section in the library on other resources. In this section, it includes things like the online Diccionario de la Lengua Española, right, by the Real Academia Española. This is one of my go-to resources for Spanish language stuff. There's also Eurolinguist by Shannon Kennedy. She's got a lot of language learning resources, Great thought out blogs. She's also one of the sponsors of the Women in Language Conference. That's a really fun one. Another one by a lady I actually met, well, online, met online at a Women in Language Conference was Marissa Blasco. And she has a website called Relearn a Language. And she also has a lot of well-thought-out, well-researched blogs. Her blog on Puerto Rican Spanish is still one that I recommend to people when talking about learning Puerto Rican Spanish. And then, of course, the Fluent Forever blog by Gabriel Werner, one of my favorite apps, one of my favorite resources, especially when I first started really getting into language learning, not just with Spanish, but basically like a lot of languages. And then lastly, but definitely not least, is word reference. This is actually probably my top language resource for Spanish. Just when I need to look up a word, I go to word reference. When I need to look up some weird vocabulary question, I go to the forum there. Word reference is a fantastic resource. And that, my friends, is basically a summation of the Spanish library. So I hope it's at least piqued your interest or given you several ideas of other resources you can use to delve further into Spanish or to just enjoy the language and the culture. Anyways, let's go on to our cultural tip, Paraguay, because I told you we would do Paraguay and my goodness, we are going to do Paraguay. All right, 
Let's talk about our first cultural tip on Paraguay. We'll just do some country facts and a brief history. So its full official name is República de Paraguay, or the Republic of Paraguay. Size-wise, it is 406,752 square kilometers. And according to the CIA World Factbook, this is just a little bit smaller than California or three times the size of New York. It is divided into 17 departamentos, departments, and it is located in South America. It is a landlocked country south of Bolivia and south and east of Brazil and also north of Argentina. It is governmentally a presidential republic, just like with the Dominican Republic and Honduras. The executive branch is not accountable to the legislature and the government is elected directly by the people. So the president is both head of state and chief of state and is elected with the vice president via simple majority popular vote, but for five-year terms instead of our four-year terms. As of August 2023, the president is President Santiago Peña Palacios. Legislatively, there is a bicameral national congress, Congreso Nacional, and the Cámara de Senadores is made up of 45 seats and the Cámara de Diputados has 80 seats. For all congressional members, they are elected directly via, according to the CIA World Factbook, quote, closed list proportional representation vote, unquote, for five-year terms. I still have no idea what that means. If anyone wants to explain that to me, please send me an email. I would love it. The judicial branch has the Corte Suprema de Justicia, or the Supreme Court of Justice, which has nine judges comprising the Constitutional Court, Criminal Division, and the Civil and Commercial Chamber. Each court gets three justices. A justice is proposed by the Consejo de la Magistratura, which is supposed to be an independent group of six people, and then appointed by the Senate and the President. There are no term limits for justices, only a retirement age of 75. The capital city of Paraguay is Asuncion, which comes from the city's original name of Nuestra Señora Santa Maria de la Asuncion. Thank goodness they shortened that. The religion is mainly Christian, with Roman Catholic at 89.6% and Protestant at 6.2%, at least as of 2002. The official language is, there's actually two, there is Spanish and Guarani. So Lindsay over at Lindsay Does Languages was where I first learned about Guarani. She has written a great article on resources for learning the language, if you're interested. She's also another one of the co-hosts of the Women in Language Conference. Anyways, according to Britannica, Guarani is more widely spoken than Spanish, which is pretty cool. The currency is also called Guarani. (laughs) Interesting. But abbreviation for that is PYG. So a brief history of Paraguay. There are many indigenous groups that lived in the area prior to Spanish colonization, especially the Guarani. When the Spanish took over, they made the area of Paraguay a part of their viceroyalty of Peru. But Paraguay gained independence in 1811, only to suffer several military dictatorships until 1870. It has fought in two of the three major continental wars of Latin America. It fought in the War of the Triple Alliance, aka Paraguayan War, as Paraguay's dictator Francisco Solano Lopez attacked Brazil over their helping the Uruguayan Colorado Party leader oust his political opponent. Bartolomé Mitre was the president of Argentina, and he organized the Triple Alliance between Brazil, Argentina, and Uruguay that then declared war on Paraguay on May 1st, 1865. It did not go well for Paraguay at all. 
The country lost over half of its population due to fighting, disease, malnutrition, and even their dictator, Lopez, who tortured and killed many. They also lost about 55,000 square miles of land, which Argentina and Brazil annexed. And in fact, these two countries occupied Paraguay until 1876. Then, in the late 1920s, Paraguay and Bolivia started vying for control over the Chaco region. Paraguay officially declared war on May 10th, 1933, resulting in a deadly war. A hundred thousand men died, but Paraguay gained most of the area. The country also suffered a civil war in 1947, and then a 35-year military dictatorship under Alfredo Stroessner until 1989. It is currently a democratically free country, mainly run by the Colorado Party, not related to the U.S. state. And Britannica says it is, quote, one of the longest continuously ruling political parties in the world, unquote. All right. Empecemos nuestra primera estrella de esperanza con Juan 1, 1 hasta 4. Lo que era desde el principio, lo que hemos oído, lo que hemos visto con nuestros ojos, lo que hemos contemplado y palparon nuestras manos tocante el verbo de vida, porque la vida fue manifestada y la hemos visto y testificamos y os anunciamos la vida eterna, la cual estaba con el Padre y se nos manifestó. Lo que hemos visto y oído, eso. Os anunciamos para que también vosotros tengáis comunión con nosotros. Y nuestra comunión verdaderamente es con el Padre y con su Hijo Jesucristo. Estas cosas os escribimos para que vuestro gozo sea cumplido. And that's all for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to check out the show notes for links to the resources used for this episode. If you would prefer to read an approximate transcription of today's episode, you can also visit the episode's blog. I would love to help you on your Spanish journey. So if you have any questions about today's episode or even just on Spanish culture or grammar, you can reach me at contact at languageanswers.com or visit my website for more information. I can also be contacted regarding my services for Spanish to English translation, English technical writing, and editing and content creation, or even language consultations and tutoring for you or your business. Remember, learning a language is a lifelong journey, so please, aprovechalo, disfrútalo, y compártelo. I will hopefully see you before two weeks, because, you know, I gotta catch up on those episodes. Hasta luego!